This is Shear Jashub, which in Hebrew means a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I welcome you to this Bible study program brought by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Today we will be concluding the sermon by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, on the introduction to the book of 1 Samuel in our Heavenly Authority series. When we left off last time, Pastor was in chapter 1, examining the lineage of the high priest at the time of Samuel's birth, named Eli. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. So it's from Eleazar, the eldest remaining son of Aaron, that the high priest line comes down. And yet Eli who is the high priest at this time, at the birth of Samuel, is a descendant of Aaron's youngest son, Ithamar. And we know that from several places in the Bible. No genealogy is given for Eli in 1 Chronicles that gives the genealogies, because by that point, the priestly line goes back to Aaron's oldest son, Eleazar. So it gives a lineage of the priests from Eleazar. Eli is from the youngest son, Ithamar. And we know that because you put together several facts. If you go ahead in the future, in 1 Kings chapter 2, 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 27, you see how it says, So Solomon removed Abiathar from being priest of the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli at Shiloh. So Abiathar is a descendant of Eli. Remember Abiathar. Abiathar, when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 20, there's a man called Ahimelech. Ahimelech is the high priest at the time that David is fleeing with his 400 men from Saul. Ahimelech is the one, as Jesus reminds us, who gave the holy bread to David. Well, when Saul finds out, he slays Ahimelech and the priests. He has them killed. And it says in verse 20, Now one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar escaped and fled after David. So Abiathar, the one we read that Solomon takes out of the high priesthood, is a son of Ahimelech, the one who fed David the bread, the son of a man named Ahitub. And Abiathar then serves David. In verse 23, it says, David says, Stay with me, do not fear, for he who seeks my life seeks your life but with me you shall be saved. So Biathar serves as a priest, as one of the two joint priests under David. And Abiathar is a descendant, as we read, of Eli. In First Chronicles chapter 24, and verse 6, you read that Abiathar's son is also named the Hemelech. Obviously, it was a very common custom in those days, as it is today in many places, where the son would name his son after his father. Uh, the scribe Shemaiah, 
the son of Nathanael, one of the Levites, wrote them down before the king, the leaders, Zadok, the priest, Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, and the heads of the father's houses of the priests and Levites, one's father's house taken from Eleazar and one from Ithamar. So the high priesthood is split here at this point. You have one coming from Aaron's older Eleazar and one coming from his younger Ithamar. And from them, you have Abiathar and Abiathar's son Ahimelech and Zadok. Well, if you look back at verse 3, it all becomes clear of 1 Chronicles 24. Then David with Zadok of the sons of Eleazar. So Zadok comes from Aaron's oldest son, Eleazar. And Ahimelech, this is Abiathar's son Ahimelech, of the sons of Ithamar, divided them according to the schedule of their service. Okay, so we find out that Ahimelech, his father Abiathar, his father Ahimelech, descendants of Eli, are also descendants of Ithamar, the youngest son Ithamar. And Zadok is a descendant of Eleazar and his son Phinehas. And they're ruling jointly at this time in the high priesthood. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 3, Ahijah, that's another name for Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. So you have the whole descendants there, the whole genealogy there. Eli, remember he has two sons. We read Hophni and Phinehas, not the Phinehas from Aaron's grandson. Eli, Phinehas, Ahitub, Ahimelech, Abiathar, Ahimelech. And Abiathar and Ahimelech are serving as joint priest with Zadok, who is a descendant not of Ithamar, but a descendant of Eleazar. And then, when Solomon comes to the throne, Abiathar, and we'll read about that in 1 Kings chapter 2, Abiathar sides with Adonijah. So then David, from his deathbed, gives instructions, and Solomon takes, and he removes Abiathar from the high priesthood. He takes him out of the high priesthood. Because of the service to his father, He's put into exile, but we're told specifically this was to fulfill the word of the Lord given to Elias Shiloh. So all these things that come upon the house of the Lord, and even by the time that, that all this is going on, even by the time that they're jointly under David, when they're jointly ruling, it says that there were more leaders found of the sons of Eleazar in First Chronicles chapter 24, verse 4, than of the sons of Ithamar. Well, that's because so many were slayed by Saul. So between being killed off by Saul and then Abiathar and his son being removed from the priesthood by Solomon because they had sided with Adonijah rather than Solomon in the descent from David to the throne. All this comes about because of the tragedy of Eli. So for a short time, Ithamar, the youngest son of Aaron, his descendants, Eli, are ruling as the high priest. 
And that because of what Eli does, this tragic figure, Eli and his sons, which we'll read about, it reverts back by the time of Solomon just to the sons of Eliezer, the high priest. Okay. Let's go quickly back. So now we have the genealogy of Samuel. We have the genealogy of Eli. And some could say, why even bother spending time on it? Well, when you see how the Lord works with Samuel, you see how important that this descendant of Korah, to know that he is the descendant of Korah, that he's a Levite. And when you see what happens to Eli, we're going to see that God is faithful to his word, that even over generations, what he says, what happens in a family, will take place. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 4, And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. So she had quite a brood. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. So we see that her barrenness is something that the Lord has caused for a purpose. He's brought it about for the purpose that he will use it. And you consider Sarah, her barrenness. You consider Rachel. Her sister is producing a lot of children, and Rachel cannot produce children for Jacob. And how God uses their barrenness, how God will use our barrenness, our emptiness, to bring about great things. Because when we're barren, we call out to God. We make a special call. Faith is needed. We need him. These women needed him. And faith develops. God's intercession comes in. And Sarah has Isaac. And Rachel has Joseph. And Hannah will have Samuel. And later on, Elizabeth will have John the Baptist. And her rival, verse 6, provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. In Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 18, there was a custom in that day, the practice of being able to marry a woman and her sister. You know how Jacob married Leah and Rachel. That was the society of that day. And Moses receives the law, and he says in Leviticus 18, 18, Nor shall you take a woman as a rival to her sister to uncover her nakedness while the other is alive. As a rival, that word there, rival, an adversary. That if you do that, if you do what Jacob did with Leah and Rachel, one is becoming a rival, an adversary of the other. And that was with sisters. So now here, she's not even a sister that we know of. And she's obviously in competition, and she's enjoying, Peninnah's enjoying the fact that Hannah cannot produce children, and she's producing a lot of children, so she made her feel miserable. In verse 7, so it was year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. And she probably provoked her extra much at these feasts, because the Lord is being remembered, as though to say, look how favored I am by God, that I have all these children, and look how God doesn't favor you. You have no children, Hannah. So it became extra strong at a time that's supposed to be joyous. 
when they are before the Lord. And then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Obviously, he favors Hannah. He loves her. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle. We talked about being at the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. He's in his position. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And you see the point that she's brought to. Bitterness of soul. So she prays to the Lord and she weeps in anguish. And God will use her prayer and use the vow she'll make. And we'll read about that, Lord willing, next time. Father, we thank you for your holy scriptures. We thank you, Lord, that there is so much in there that we can always keep learning of you and be amazed at how you work through generation to generation. You work not as man works from day to day or decade to decade at most, but you, O Lord, you work through the centuries. You work from generation to generation to fulfill your word, to fulfill your promise, to bring about examples to us. You use history to write the story that we need to read. We thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to write to us, or you feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. The exit off I-95 is exit 61. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.